Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick six podcast. Will Brinson, Jason Lockerfora kicking things off to start your weekend. This is the Picks Pod. Um, here's how we're going to do it. Jason and I, because we have schedules and we have children and we are normal humans, unlike the other two satanic freaks that do this podcast with us, Nick Costas and Pete Prisco, we're going to break down some news and then we'll bring on Pete and Nick. We'll wake Nick from his little, his little tiny, um, hairless baby slumber. And we'll, He's sleeping we'll, in his little cocoon. Oh, I'm picturing him wrapped up in Posada t-shirts that my dog should be pooping in. But this is it's getting absurd. Like send the t-shirt, buddy. Um do you think do you think that Pete and Nick is it possible that Pete is Nick's father? <laughs> well. <laughs> I like not he doesn't a know Star it. Star Wars guy, but uh yeah. yeah, I could see that. So like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Not that Nick would even really be a Luke Skywalker type. No, it's more like it's more like Darth Vader and like. But no, you know, it's definitely Darth Vader. It's more like um, Doctor Evil and Mini Me. I think. It's like, Ooh. <laughs> you know what the best part about this is? Is like this is you can we can you can uncork on somebody in this podcast when they're not on because you yeah, know that they're not going to go and listen to it unless like right. unless hey unless somebody tweets at them um, if somebody if some enterprising listener out there has a better comp. Uh, go to iTunes, rate the podcast five stars, leave it in a review. Or th- like, there's this guy who does these. Um, his name's his Twitter handle is at Sketcherdoodle, but he he's like he's really good at Photoshop, and so he'll Photoshop stuff for the fantasy guys. Uh, so if there's anybody out there who's like who's good at Photoshop that listens to the podcast and wants to do Prisco as Doctor Evil and Nick as Mini Me, by all means do it and tweet us at Pick Six Pod if you're listening and you like the pod. Follow us at Pick Six Pod on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora at Will Brinson. Um, news of note: Do you want to start with the Cowboys? Let's start with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor benched for uh, NFL editor Nate Peterman. What do, you, what do we think about yeah. that? Yeah, um, pretty surprised. Just given that Tyrod's been in the league for a few years, he has some things, you know, some discernible strengths, certainly some weaknesses, but. Um, is something of a known entity. They're in a playoff, thick of a playoff race in, in the AFC where that fifth and that sixth playoff team are going to be super flawed, so why not the Bills with their flaws? Um, and they're sort of precipiced. That's not even a word. I was going to say precipistic. That can't be a word. Precipistic? That's probably not a word either. Uh, yeah. Their precipitous drop the last uh-huh. few weeks. There we go is fueled by an ability and an inability to run the ball or stop the run, which as best I can tell, neither of those is Tyrod Taylor's primary job description. Um, you know, teams are bottling up Shady McCoy and teams are running it down their throats and the bills need to be a ball control offense and they need to be able to get you into down and distances where the threat of a run pass option forces you to, de- to defend them a little differently and opens up some lanes for, for people to find some joy in the run game or, or, you know, underneath in the pass game. And that's just not there right now and hasn't been there for a few weeks. I mean, Peterman, we'll see. I mean, it's certainly a bold move. And Tyrod's popular in that locker room. Guys were happy when he ended up back there through that whole saga with Whaley and Rex. 
And if you're going to S-can him in week 11, the other guy better be able to play at least a little bit. You know what I mean? If this looks like Brett yeah. Hundley's first start or Mitch Trubisky's first start, you're going to have some explaining to do. Um, because this wasn't Mike Glennon who you benched who had only been there for three weeks. And this isn't by virtue of injury where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. This is self-inflicted. So um, I've been on board with a lot of stuff the Bills have done, and maybe this turns out to be right as well. But he's a very different quarterback than Tyrod. Right? The guy was just on the phone. The guy, the reason we're 10 minutes later, the guy was on the phone with a guy who's been scouting them a lot recently. And, and he's like, look, if they don't change their offense, it has no chance because Peterman's not going to be able to do any of the RPO stuff no. and any of the Cam Newton light stuff that – that they really designed their offense around with David Cully and the people they brought into that staff. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out. You know, it's tough to do that in week 12 or whatever, week 11, whatever we're in. And it's not like they're overloaded with guys who are just going to win matchups and go up and get 50-50 balls. I mean, they might have one of them in Benjamin, but that's it. Well, all right, so, I mean, let's let's look at offensively. Or if, you're, if you're the Chargers, first of all, you're licking your chops because – you thought that you were going to have to start Kel- – you might have to start Kellen Clemens. You might start Kellen Moore, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but, I mean, you're thinking, like, man, we're, we, we, we just can't catch a break. Like, Rivers is concussed. Right. Might miss a start for, the, like, the first time – I think the first time in his career, right, since he took over for uh, – maybe. Since, at, at, any rate, yeah. at any rate, you're thinking we're screwed. There's no way we're going to win this home game, even though we got a shot because the Bills' offense is good enough to beat us. And the Bills are like, oh, we'll start Tyrod. We're like, we're going to bench Tyrod. You look at their offense yeah. and – it's a situation where Tyrod not only made the like he not only was a threat to run, but he that, I mean that threat to run makes Shady McCoy get more open lanes and run better. And so now, if you're the Chargers, here's what you do: you stack the box and put eight in there, snuff out Shady McCoy, and dare Nate Peterman to beat you. Kelvin Benjamin's not threatening anybody down the field. Zay Jones is a rookie who I like a lot, but who hadn't been you know very consistent in catching the ball. They have Charles Clay back, but you, you know they, the Chargers have Denzel Perryman back, and you you tell Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram to uncork and get after this rookie. And if they do, it's going to be a long day. And the other thing too, when you look at that Saints game, they gave up six rushing touchdowns at over six yards per carry to the, to the Saints. Like that's that's why they lost six point six point two yards per rush. I'm not a Marshall guy at all, and he was overpaid and underperforming. But you take him out of the middle of that defense, and you got a forty year old Kyle Williams and. Some other guys trying to hold it up. Um, it's ugly, and they're getting they're getting the ball run down their throat since they got rid of them. The other thing schematically, I'd be interested to see is, you know, when they were probably at their best running the football, it was a lot of power, you know. And then they bring in a different staff, and you bring in Juan Castillo to work with the O lineman and the run scheme, and they're going to a lot of that Carolina light run game. But do they go back to power now too? Because that wasn't working for Shady McCoy lately, and they were becoming a bit of a predictable offense. So do they change their run scheme on the fly at the same time they're now going to a more traditional pocket passer without an overabundance of weapons, uh, to your point, to just go out there and make plays? It, it's, it's ballsy, man. I'll, I'll say that. It's, it's ballsy. And, and the other thing, too, is that the Bills are 5-4, and four and they're in they, – I mean, in theory, there's a lot of time left, but they control their own destiny. They have yeah. a game against the Chargers, potentially without – Philip Rivers. They have a game against the Chiefs in Kansas City. They get Miami twice, tough. right? Right. They get Miami twice and the Colts once, and then you're going to get the Patriots at least, you know, late in the season when maybe with nothing to play for. 
Yeah, I mean, more than likely they're going to be playing for seeding, and it's in New England, so I don't see them winning that game. But well, what um, if they play Pittsburgh before that, though? Don't they? What if they beat Pittsburgh and have a one and a half or yeah, know? yeah? If Kansas, the team they're going to have to worry about is if they beat Pittsburgh, the only one head to head you have to worry about is is Kansas, Kansas City, City, right? Right, right? But I don't know uh, if but, Kansas but, City's I mean, going to close ground. But if you're the Bills and you look at the schedule, if you're a Bills fan, you look at the schedule. You're five and four. You're in the number six seed right now against a lot of bad competition. You get, you're playing the Dolphins twice. You should win both of those games. You get the Chargers and the Colts. You could see a way where you go four and three, losing to the Chiefs and, and the Patriots, and that would get you in. But now you go to Nate Peterman, and if you lose these next two games, all of a sudden you have to wonder if they can even manage two and two down the stretch, and if they and don't. I just, against that defense, I don't know why you give this kid – and you've got a real home field advantage. I don't – Yeah. It just seems it, it seems really desperate, you know. I would let Tyrod try to run around with with Melvin Ingram and freaking Joey Bosa chasing him, and then, you know what I mean? See how that goes, and then let this <laughs> kid play against some of those AFC East, you know, non defenses. If you you know if if you're so inclined to make the move, yeah, it's it's a very weird move, and we'll see how it goes. I I have a feeling that the I mean, look, if you're sitting on a Buffalo Bill, the Bills over under was six and a half. You were, I mean, you're five and four. You're not feeling great yeah. about it, but all yeah. of a sudden you feel like you've got a little new life here. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you took the, yeah, if you faded them, if you took the under, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, if they lose the next three, and that's Chargers, Chiefs, Patriots, you know, they're going to have to win two against the Dolphins twice, the Colts, and the Patriots, and that's possible. But you know, you they could th- this could end up being a six and ten team, and that's not. I mean, that's not even a real stretch. Not out of the realm of possibility. It's yeah, I, I, um, I, if they had stuck with Tyrod, I still thought they were getting in the playoffs. But that's—I'm a Tyrod okay. guy. Uh, you can label me as such. I think you can win games with a decent team with Tyrod Taylor. You know, I think he is a perfectly acceptable bridge quarterback to keep you keep. I mean, he's Alex Smith light to me. You know what I mean? Like he can do now. Alex Smith this year has emerged, but like he's he's very comparable to Alex Smith to me. He doesn't turn the ball over. Doesn't take that many risks either but can manage a game, control the flow, make a big play here or there, not cripple you, and he's a little bit tricky to defend. Yeah, and if you've got weapons who can push down – I mean, he's been playing – I mean, here's the thing about Tyrod is he, he's he's been playing with a short stack, you know, in, the, in Buffalo. I mean, he you know, he had Sammy Watkins and he had LeSean McCoy. But but I mean, how often did he have Sammy? Like, exactly. how often yeah, did he right. have Sammy at anything above 75%? I mean, he turned Charles Clay into like a – how many times did he have Sammy at 100% from the first start, start snap to the to the 100% on the last snap? Because even uh, when Sammy came into games 100%, by the second quarter he's nicked up, he's missing two or three drives here. I mean, it was constant with the foot. Anywho. Do, what do you think Tyrod can get on the open market? Well, I was just looking at the contract. I, I'll know more about this for Sunday. But, I mean, he's got a $6 million roster bonus due the the first week of the league year. Now, it's going to come down to what he wants to do. If there's a team that he wants to go to and that they want to trade him to, then, you know, is he willing to rework the contract at all to facilitate that? He might just say, oh, hell no, after what he did last year, which, frankly, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if I were him, um, given all the unknowns about a new regime coming in and, and the fact that it had been bad in Buffalo and the fact that, let's face it, Buffalo hasn't been in the playoffs in 20 years. Right. Um, so we'll have to see. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a content, like if Jacksonville or Denver or Arizona or some somebody, I don't know what set him off. Somebody who you think is, is quasi close, then 
Copper's like, you Nick on that pod? Hey, dude, shut up. Bah! There's somebody you think is quasi-close who wants you, and you want to be there, then maybe you make it happen, you know. And you get something done at the combine, and he restructures the contract a little bit because I'm not sure that anybody wants to get him for one year at $16 million and then have no protection beyond that. You know, they might want another couple years packed on. Maybe he just says, screw it, cut me, I'll see what's out there. It it's, a little, it's a little weird that the Bills – why didn't the Bills just trade him at the deadline? You could have found somebody. I mean, like – I mean, whether – I don't know if Arizona would have done it, but, I mean, like Denver. I mean, even Jacksonville, you know, at the deadline, they were talking – you know, there was – Talking about you need somebody other than Blake Bortles. I mean, well, Tyler where were th- they? I mean, that's three, four weeks ago. They were like three games over five hundred then, weren't they? I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess are they are they just I mean, are they winging this week to week where they're like, I mean, let's yank let's yank Tyrod for Peterman? I don't know. I I, I mean, I guess it is a week to week league. It just seems odd that that a team that would bench Tyrod at five and four for Nate Peterman would not have thought about trading Tyrod. I mean, like, clearly Tyrod is not. Their guy long term. Although on Monday, Sean McDermott was like, "Tyrod's our guy." I, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird. It's no. a weird move. Look, it's a weird move for a for a team that has done such a good job coaching and managing their personnel so far in 2017 since McDermott and Brandon Bean took over. They've been really impressive. The team has played above its head, and now it's like, wh- why are you yanking the rug out now? Just fight your way into the playoffs and, and you know, give these Bills fans something to dream about. All right, also potentially at risk of not making the playoffs, the Dallas Cowboys. And, Jason, i got to tell you, I am excited for the drama that is going to crank up. If the Cowboys keep losing, I think they will lose on Sunday night to the Eagles. Um, Me too. Pretty good spot for Dallas to stun people, I guess. But if Tyron Smith doesn't play and Sean Lee is out, I don't see how it happens with the Eagles coming off a bye. And it feels like to me that every time the Cowboys lose between now and December 24th, it's going to be Jerry Jones in this, like, Johnny Walker blue, gold bullion-fueled rage, blaming Roger Goodell um, for suspending Zeke Elliott and ruining his yeah, yeah, and and like and really mad, and and, and like this this contract situation is not going to go away. No, I mean it won't until it's a done deal. And and look, there's been internal squabbling about the timing of this and when to finalize it and what the PR hit's going to look like and do you just take it and whatever. And um, I continue to hear the pushes on to get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, and that Jerry Jones doesn't have nearly the backing and, and the consortium of, of owners in his corner, as you would think. In fact, he continues to alienate himself and to draw the ire of other owners who previously were inclined to at least put up with him. Um, I don't know where it's going. This is uncharted territory. This is sort of like out of a soap opera now. Um, this is more like fitting and the plot from an old Dallas episode, you know what I mean? Two oil tycoons fighting over, you know, battling each other at the country club or whatever. Like I, it's bizarre. Um, it's bizarre. And the league, I don't think knows exactly how to handle it one way or the other, because it is so sort of out there, but I can tell you, there are people who are legitimately concerned now about, um, Jerry Jones's impulse control, Jerry Jones's decision-making processes, there, there are many wondering if, if um, they, people think he's acting in a negligent manner, in a manner that's harmful to the league, 
and they're trying to ascertain beyond him being pissed off about Ezekiel Elliott, why it's so deep seated and is it even rational and what what is going on with him cognitively that is leading to these kind of repeated episodes, whether it's about this or the protest or whatever else, to where he, he can't control his own um sort of selfish desires. And he keeps in the mind of his business partners putting himself and his interest and his need to lash out in front of the good of the league. Um, I mean, things can get real interesting by the spring owners meeting. I'll say that because if this is still continuing there, there could literally be a faction who wants him stripped of his franchise, who, who want to demand that Stephen Jones or someone else in that family, Charlotte or whoever becomes the, the, the primary spokesperson, the majority, whatever patriarch or, I guess that wouldn't be the right word. I mean, the the the, the, the dominant owner. figure. Yeah, I mean, the acting owner of that team, um, because you you're now open the this league up to vulnerabilities all over the place in the public sphere, but then also just in terms of of infighting and squabbling with one another. Um, there's not going to be any winners, you know. Like, I mean, Goodell's still going to ultimately get paid. I can't imagine that doesn't happen, but he's not going to be as empowered as he would have been had Jerry just kind of dealt with this internally. Um, and you know, the NFLPA is going to try to exploit some of these weaknesses, yep. but I will say this, and this is why ultimately Goodell has their support of the majority of the owners. They've screwed up. They screwed up Ray Rice badly. They screwed up Adrian Peterson. They've screwed up, in the minds of some, Ezekiel Elliott, they certainly not handled the protest situation nearly the way, in hindsight, owners wish they had last year. But every time Goodell has sat down at the negotiating table, they've won, and they've won by a wide majority. And now they're not dealing, playing from the, 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 the card of strength, the hand of strength, as much mm-hmm. this time around. And they really, you know, they really need to show some solidarity and some unity because the ratings are not what people had hoped, and the broadcast negotiations come up in a few years. And then you've got lingering issues with players with a CBA coming up. So I can't imagine someone other than Roger Goodell actually spearheads those two charges. Um, but how we get there remains to be seen, because we are, again, in a situation unlike any of the league has seen before. Well, I think part of it, too, is like when you look at the way that Roger Goodell handles stuff, he is – and this is who he is. He is a – I mean, didn't he, have a law, didn't, he have a, didn't he get a law degree? Am I crazy? Why do I – did he have a law? I don't know. If he, I don't know why I always think he's a law degree. He may but have he, a law degree. I don't believe he – He's never a practicing bar. attorney or anything. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to – I'm going to – but at any rate, I think that Roger Goodell comes off as – Someone who is a who who grew up in the NFL for a long time under commissioners, you know, worked his way up through the chain of the NFL, and has this sort of old school. We're not going to comment on this. We're going to hard hardline stance, hardline stance, hardline stance, and that's how he comes up. That's how he comes across in press conferences when he talks about stuff like Ray Rice, and that's how they discipline. That's how it comes across in discipline matters, and it's made them look really stupid. But when you point to it. 
that same attitude and that same behavior and the way that Roger Goodell approaches that at the negotiation table works really well because he, I mean, he's, he has, he, they've, they've slam dunked these guys and it's hard not to see a situation. We talked about this on this podcast a bunch. It's hard not to see a situation where they don't slam dunk the PA again because of the things that are on the table in 2021, which, you know, whether or 2020, whatever it is, whenever, you know, whether it's, um, Goodell's power in the, in these, in these PA matters, uh, just personal, you know, CBA, PCP disciplinary stuff, or whether it's, um, you know, whether it's the marijuana stuff. I mean, there's just too many like freebies they can throw out to not, you know, hammer out this deal, right? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, I, I would agree. And, but you, need, but you need Goodell there to do to to handle it because that makes the process easier. I mean, he's a look. He's a he's an unlikable figure in the context of what he does. But that's kind of his job is to be unlikable. Yeah, he's there to do their dirty work and to take to take the bullets they don't want to take and to be the face of some decisions, um, smart and misguided that are going to occur when you're you know the biggest, you know, one of the biggest professional sporting entities on the planet. I'm not going to say they're bigger than the English Premiership or maybe even La Liga. I mean, we can debate some of that stuff. Biggest American. Biggest American. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even close. And one that is trying to grow globally. So I think ultimately cooler heads will more or less prevail here. Um, I think Roger Goodell's now thinking much more – you know, he's going to have to start thinking beyond 2024 because this will be, you know, I don't think this, this will be the last extension. I don't see it happening beyond this. But the timing of this with the looming labor talks and the looming broadcast talks and this sort of goal to try to get to London, you know, by sometime early next decade and with this now not, now having to sort of oversee this London, I mean, the L.A. situation and how that works and – Vegas. Bringing a new commissioner in right now would be, to say the least, trouble. Like, it would well, be concerned. And, and, I mean, think of the competing factions as well. I mean, to bring it in now, you would be, you'd you would, have Jerry, and he'd want to do his guy, and he'd have three or four hardliners with him. If Jerry's getting his guy in there, then Bob Craig, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it, yeah. it could be, it would have the potential to be mayhem. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a, it's a borderline Game of Thrones situation already, and it might be Game of Thronesy if you if you did that. Um, okay, let's talk about picks. The bottom line is this is not going away. Um, Ezekiel Elliott and nothing really. To, I mean, it kind of ties into it, but Ezekiel Elliott dropped his appeal. No real surprise there because he'd run up against a wall in terms of what he could do legally. He was going to serve the suspension until at least December first, and at that point, you're basically down the rabbit hole of. Do you want to try and push this back to try and get one December game in exchange for maybe a playoff game, and it's ultimately not worth it? Um, so you know, well, he's... And, and look, he's going to come back and play a game that I guess matters for fantasy football people. But it's huge for fantasy. The people. odds of the Dallas Cowboys having anything to play for, I think, are given if they were in the AFC, I'd be like, what? I, you know, don't write them off. But right. there's 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 too many two loss teams ahead of them already now. Yep. And they're going to lose more games without this dude. And yeah, I mean, I mean hindsight twenty twenty, they he should have served the suspension at the beginning of the season, and they would have a chance to make a run. I mean, out. people say that, but like, what if they went two and four or one and five then? 
Yeah, no, that's fair. You know what I mean? Uh, now it's like, oh, then now they got to, you know, he comes back. You don't know what kind of shape he's in. He's been gone for, you know, for six weeks, and now he's he's coming back in November or whatever, or mid-October, and they're already one and five. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, no, look, the, the, bottom line is Jerry Jones did a lot of talking for a long time about I got this, I got this, nothing to see here. My guy didn't do anything wrong. I know what's going on here. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. League office. Heck, I run those dudes. I mean, that was sort of what he inferred for half a year. And now his dude is sitting out six games. So, to your larger point, I don't think think Jerry's going to back off right now. But what somebody needs to tell him, and I don't know who that person is, because even his own kid... I don't know who could literally sit down with him and explain, like, you're only going to make this worse for yourself and the league if you continue to perpetrate this and leak half-truths and non-truths and, you know, go on the radio and attack the league and threaten lawsuits and get lawyered up. You're only going to make it worse for everybody. You know, sometimes you have to take your medicine. And, and the reason too, the same reason that Tom, the same reason that Robert Kraft had to take his medicine with Tom Brady serving four games and Jerry has to take his medicine with Zeke serving six games is that at the end of the day, this is a larger picture issue where they are going, if you can't lose that battle or else it opens things up in the CBA differently in terms of, in terms of the negotiations in a few years, you take that hardline stance now and you really get the players to focus on that and they come back to that. Okay. Games, football games are happening. We're going to pick them. You're going to give us your – this is how we're going to do this. You're going to give us our, your single satanic choice for um, – what, what, what on the slate do you like? I'll tell you what the line on the super contest is, and, uh, and then you can tell me who you – which give me the game, and I'll tell you what the line is. I was looking at this Lions-Bears game. On our website, where we pick from on .com, we've got Chicago plus three. Yeah, it's Chicago plus two and a half. So basically Chicago getting a field goal at home against the Lions. I the Detroit Football Lions. <laughs> the Bears stink. Um, the Bears defense did some things a few weeks to keep them afloat in games they had no business being afloat in. But I just don't know that they're going to be able to score multiple combined special teams and defensive touchdowns week in week out. Detroit, uh, is, they've got a path in front of them there. Um, Detroit has a special quarterback. Detroit has plenty of cogs on offense. And, I mean, you shut down Chicago's run game. Mitch Trubisky is not, won't, cannot, could never beat you with his arm at this stage of his career. I mean, i got to think Carroll Austin can concoct a defensive game plan that neutralizes whatever offensive threat Chicago still has left at this point. I think that loss to the, to the Packers, um, you know, people in Chicago were just starting to buy in and, and, and that they were five and a half point favorites. And yeah, I feel like, I mean, what the hell, what the hell was I thinking? Yes. That's deflating. They want John Fox out of there. That, that the, the decision on the replay, the challenge. is I, unbelievable. Look, yeah. I mean, again, it's coming from above. He doesn't have the wherewithal to assess all the available information there. But the buck stops with him, and that's ultimately on him. Uh, I think the end is near for a lot of people there in Chicago. I think these fans are ready to turn on this team, and I think Detroit has an opportunity to get up big. I just don't know that Vic Fangio can pull a rabbit out of his hat every single week. Um, 
Do you? Yeah, um, I, I think is, it's sitting there for the Lions to blow them out of the water. I I, I agree. Um, I think that the I think my biggest problem with this 2017 season is that a lot of times I've been getting caught up in. Well, you know, home dog, they've been playing some good defense here. And look, the Bears could, the Bears could do something and surprise some people. But the bottom line is, I think that what I'm going to do the rest of the season, aside from having Robbie make my picks for me, which I did this week, um, I'm going to have, I'm going to take, I'm taking the better team and the Lions are yeah. the better team, right? I mean, it's a, it's a short, it's a short, I know it's in Chicago, but you're right. The fans are not thrilled. The Bears are running out of tricks. The, the bag of tricks, the tiny John Fox's tiny bag, little purse of tricks is is empty. And I'm with you. I like the uh, I like the Lions here. I, I I'm tempted to make it a best bet. By the way, uh, Eric, what is um what is Jason's satanic uh, picks record so far this season? He's two and one. Two, two and, and one. one. Yeah. I want you. The only I want you. Being Seattle in that debut, I mean, in the game where the three oh, missed yeah. field goals, the two missed two point conversions, the 150 yards in penalties and the dock, the bomb to dachshund down the sidelines, by the way. Man, I want you to go on. I want you to rip off some, like, just six-game satanic pick thing to, to like, like through, for the rest of the season where pe- like people are subscribing to this podcast just to hear you, like, scream in a satanic voice. <laughs> it's whatever like, it takes, man. Yeah. I'm All right. Well, uh, we'll get you out of here. and We'll do uh, picks with, Jay- with, uh, with Pete and Jason – or Pete and Nick, excuse me. That's Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. And anything else you want to plug? Copper, whatever you want to. No, I don't even know. I guess he, maybe he's asleep now. No, I'm I'm all good, man. All right, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys on Sunday, I guess. All right, now we're bringing on. Uh, you know what? Nobody's excited. You guys are here. I'm excited you're here, Nick and Pete. What's up, buddies? I got, I got, I'm not excited to see you and hear you, Will Brinson, jerk. <laughs> not happy with you right now. He took a shot at you on Sunday night too, Nick. When you were, I did. He, he, or no, Wednesday. He took a shot at you on Wednesday or Tuesday. He oh, took a, oh, what did what did what did Bobby say? What was your shot? Something about him being dumb or something, didn't you? Whoa, 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 <laughs> Pete. Um, I, I was thinking what was Jason. Your shot? I, was, I said, whoa, leave him alone. You guys, you guys won't listen to it because. You're not you're narcissistic, but not narcissistic enough to actually listen to the whole podcast. But Jason and I took shots at you guys in the first part of the segment. Um, Jason, by the way, since you're kidding, you won't listen. But if you do want to listen, if you guys do want to subscribe, you could log into the podcast app on your iPhone and subscribe that way. You can go to iTunes and do it. You can do Stitcher. You can do Google Play. Leave a five-star review. We really appreciate it if you do that. Thank you to the people who keep pouring in those reviews. Um, Jason's satanic lock of the week, now two and one on the season. I kind of like this idea that Jason just picks one game at the beginning of the, the Friday podcast. And goes satanic on it. Two and one on so far on the season has only lost the Seahawks, which probably should have covered. Um, he's got, uh, actually no, the Seahawks shouldn't have covered, right? Should they have covered against the Redskins? No, they no. were huge favorites. Yeah, they weren't even close. They, should, they, they, they should... lost outright. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking it was a two point game. Anyway, it's still two and one, and he's got the Lions minus two and a half at Chicago as his pick. That's probably where we're, where we'll start because I think it's the first game on the the Super Contest. Wait, 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 before we get into the pick, yeah, 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 hold on. You're skating past what what you said about what did you say, Will? On the oh, I don't. I don't, I don't and, and, and by the way, my narcissism only extends to shows that I'm on. If I'm not on it, I don't give a damn. So that's where the nar- that's how narcissistic. That's why it's, that's I am. Why it's narcissism. Right? And me and me, I don't I don't care about what people say about me. To be honest with you, never have. No, I just I, I just because because Will Will talking behind my back, Pete. I, I was hoping he could say it to my face. Will, what did you say? <laughs> you know, I would if I remembered what I said. I I think I mean I think I probably said something flippant, but I don't think I called you dumb. I mean, like I would call you like sleepy or. 
Um, I wouldn't call you lazy or dumb. It was, something on, it was something on Wednesday's podcast. You took a crack at him. I go, geez, remember? And you said, I, just, oh. yeah, I don't think it was that bad because I was like, wait. And you said, geez, like, well, you guys took shots at me all night Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, somebody, people were tweeting me. They're like, yo, man, they got, it went in on you and your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, to be fair, we weren't killing Brinson on Sunday. <laughs> right. So I guess turn, turn, turn about is fair play. Yeah, to be it was fair. All, I, it's all. It's all we were all playing, by the way. Any audience out there, we're glad that he's spending time with his son. Serious. No, and, no. and, and also like I, I actually really do love the reviews that we get where people are like, These guys hate each other. It's really weird. Actually we all like each other. But um but it's right, right, we, yeah, we do. Okay, but here's something I do hate, and I'm gonna go in. You guys have heard me say I can't stand art, I hate art. It's just I don't get it, okay? Dumb, did art, you dumb. see did you see Da Vinci's painting, the yes. newest one? That was all like off. Yes, I, I agree with you, Pete. It looks like someone like painted it on their iPhone. Four hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> Four hundred and fifty million dollars for the supposed picture of Christ with like a crystal ball in his hands and his fingers crossed. I'm like, what that? Wh- where did that come from? And who paid that money for it? I don't get it. And then there was another one. Did you see the other picture of the squiggly lines that went for like twenty five million or so, forty something million? It looked like something somebody threw against a can. I don't get it. I get I, maybe I'm, I'm going to be honest. I hadn't seen this newest Da Vinci thing. So I, no. I, I'm looking at it now. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good painting. It looks. I mean, this guy's not exactly operating with Photoshop here, Pete. Like he he painted this probably in. I mean, you know, when do you with think paint, he painted this? With paint and a brush, the same paint and a brush they paint with now, Nick. I mean, will. I mean, so didn't let me let me just get this straight. This well, is the reason why it most... sold for all that money is because it's a Da Vinci. If I painted that, it wouldn't sell for $450 million. No, no, it would sell okay, for $3. Okay, but... That's for, the point. For... We do a Costas. Everybody, we, okay, coming to the auction. We got a Costas. We got a Costas. Anybody interested? Uh, $4, $5. So, Same painting. Just to, be, just to be clear, right? Like we, we, we are aware that Da Vinci, one of the great um, ahead of his time guys, sort of sort of uh, one of, you know, legendary artists, right? We, we'll agree on that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what history says. So, I mean, it's hard to disagree. All right, all right. You yeah, both, you both think Da Vinci's overrated. Okay, all right. I, I, it's not that I think he's overrated. Sistine I just don't really care. Beautiful, right? What's that? Did you do the Sistine Chapel? The roof on the Sistine my, Chapel? No, that, that was Michelangelo. My, that, Michelangelo. Michelangelo. I got it wrong. See how much I care uh, about art. Oh, look, da Vinci was like, like Da Vinci did a lot of really important stuff. Okay, so we're not going to. Anyway, you uh, got to admit though, the picture. Look at the picture. Doesn't it look a lot like the Mona Lisa? It does. I mean, couldn't you argue that Jesus kind of looks like a lot? I mean, like if we know what Jesus looks like, I mean, assuming this is what Jesus looks like, he sort of looks know, a lot like Mona Lisa. Like, so. Jesus, has a, Jesus has a beard. Mona Lisa's right. a woman. Not really the hottest woman. Not really the most attractive lady, right? I mean, like, it doesn't, it, it, look, am I going to get, am I going to get Dave for being sexist for saying Mona Lisa's not that attractive? What happened was he had some, some so. of the same pain after he did the Mona Lisa and decided, you know what? I'll do something else that just looks just like her off the same thing and then we'll put a crystal ball on the, across the fingers. And make it a new painting. Okay, but, but didn't, didn't I, 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 I don't I don't think Da Vinci thought on the, on the same level that you do, Pete. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh man, I could really make some money if I do this Jesus painting. <laughs> what was he um, doing? Just painting, painting for the sake of painting? Probably. He was painting for a living, just like everybody does everything for a living. The man was okay. If he was painting for bread and food, then he was painting for a living. Whatever he did, was painting. Okay, but wasn't this isn't wasn't this painting sort of like it's not like this painting was sitting around and everybody had seen it before, right? It was it was found. It was lost. Right. It was once around, then it was lost, and then restored, and then they sold it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you have a world, a, a historically world famous painter and artist, inventor, science, art guy, um, 
legend, really, if you will, Da Vinci. I, I get I, it. I, 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 I wonder if I wonder if he ever missed any unveilings because he had to sing lullabies to his son at night. What I hope he did. I hope he did. Unveiling. But, he made a painting and he threw it in a store and nobody knew what it was. <laughs> My point being is that they found something. Do, like, do you understand how economics work, Pete? No, I understand the economics of it, Will. I just don't understand why people think his paintings are so great. <sighs> All right. Uh, I mean, I, I guarantee you, know you there was, hey, you know there was a guy Some down the think... block named Rocco Barufi who was uh, painting the same painting, and his just didn't – he didn't get the same whatever for whatever. He didn't get the same bang for his buck as, as Da Vinci did. Well, you he know what? Some get, people – Hold on, wait. He didn't get the same whatever for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I said bang for Elo- the buck. Eloquent as always. Bang um, for the buck. Oh, Da, da Vinci, Sistine Chapel, dumb. <laughs> Rocco Barufi over here. Take a look at my paintings. I got nothing. Look, guys, we're combined. uh, We are a combined. uh, Oh, my God. I'm, let's see, 15, 20, do the math. uh, 27 games under 500 in the Super Contest. And yet people keep coming back for our picks. So, really, should we be talking trash about the contest now? Well, yes, I am now in first place. I am the Da Vinci of uh, of, of the three of us right now. And I'm Rocco well, well, Barufi, well, and who yes, the heck knows who he is? I guess I'm Rock- Pete Prisco. <laughs> no, because I'm ahead of you. You're in the I'm, you're in the dust. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm P, I'm the Pete Prisco of painting. Is what I'm saying. I'm oh. smearing. Hey, I, I, um, if I took a painted canvas out and threw something on it today, you'd call it the Prisco 500 years from now, and I'd get somebody would pay 450 million for it. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> anyway. Pick Six Podcast listeners and Twitter followers, you can follow the pod at Pick Six Pod. Voted uh, 2,500 votes. Good for you guys. Um, they're worse than us. They went three and ten against the spread in our polls uh, posted on Twitter. But you guys can uh, make your picks posted on polls. Be better. Don't listen to us. Vote against us. You should listen to the podcast, then go vote against us and do your picks. Let's get to those very picks. Can First, I toss something out there before we start here about the picks? And this is what will, and I, and I think maybe you guys both agree with me on this. It used to be like in like, I would say like last year was when it really started to change a lot easier to make winning picks against the spread in the NFL where like you would have, like, it's just, there's so much parity and the league's kind of watered down at this point that I, I like, I'm going to take some favorites today that I never would normally take. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to go five and oh this week. Like it's not just like the blind fading the road favorites like it used to be or 80% on one team, you automatically grab the other. It has been an, a, an upside down topsy turvy year. And quite frankly, I think that's why everyone's losing. Cause like, I think we're trying to be smart and I don't think you can be smart anymore when you pick these games. I think no, you, have to you go can't with what's figure obvious, right? You can't figure it out from week to week. I mean, yep. I, it's, you know, what's amazing to me and you guys know, I, I'll watch all the games back on the tape on Wednesday and Thursday and I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, now, this unit is better than that unit, so they're going to go on the road. They're going to do that, and you go, oh, yep, and then you get, come to Sunday, and I'm one in four every week. I can't figure it out. Yeah, and, and this is a great segue because I was I was explaining this to Jason before when he said he's taking the Lions as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Bears. Traditionally, I would look at this game and say, man, the Bears were just a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Packers at home. And by the way, what the bleep were we thinking? You know who's going to cover six points? Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears. No, say it out loud, Will, before the before you make the pick. It's a terrible pick. Why would I make that a best bet? It's a horrible best bet. Now, traditionally, I would go back and say, all right, here we go. Got the Bears as a home underdog against a Lions team that's up and down. You know what? No, no, I'm not going back to the Bears. I'm going with the Lions. Maybe that's stupid, but the Lions are better. Lions minus two and a half at the Bears. I actually kind of love this spot. Pete, what do you think? I like the Bears. I think it's going to be a tight game. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't, 
look, the Lions are inconsistent to me. Uh, we don't know what you're going to get from them week to week. Because, I, again, I always go back to what I say about them. I don't think they know that their identity is on offense. They don't know who they are. They should be Matt Stafford throwing the ball around all the time. And sometimes they want to be a running team, which they're not. Uh, I think the Bears defense will show up here. I, I like Chicago plus the points. I don't love them. I think it'll be a close, tight game. But I, I like the points. Now, here's where sort of um, where I said comes to fruition about That's these games because because this is normally a spot where it's an auto pick you auto pick the bears plus two and a half is the home dogs against the lions i can't do it there's just no way i can do it i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with the satanic pick of the week i no i'm not gonna try and do it because i have to i have to talk on camera it's gonna ruin my voice but i will take the lions minus the two and a half on the road how about john fox challenging that play last week the benny cunningham play and instead of Getting a touchdown potentially or a first and goal. The ball goes over to the Green Bay Packers. Good job, John Fox. And Trubisky did not look great last week. I still like him, but um, he is. He doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have any, yeah, have any weapons. Which is which is a very fair point that you're making. There's no doubt about it. Maybe. And, 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 and by the way, can I point out too that like so with this pick, and this is sort of my problem with the super with the picks this year. Like the last four weeks, I've just I've gone off the rails. I'm, I'm picking losers. Like I mean, I'm I'm just on a cold streak. That's fine. I can live with it. So I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. The Lions are the better team. I'm taking the Lions. And I'm like, but wait, am I overreacting to last week? You know what I mean? And so then I, then all of a sudden I, I'm just, I'm in my head on the super contest picks. You know, did you see, so we're part of team odd shark. And did you see the, the, the guy who's leading odd shark? Yeah. He's yeah. in the top 50. Pa- Paolo, because he Paolo. needs something else in life. Like this guy needs a couple hundred thousand dollars. He's just, he's this devastatingly good looking Brazilian dude who has the worst life alive and he's just hanging out. He's in 13th place overall in the super contest. About Is to he collect. in 13th place? 13th overall? place right now. He was- yes. So, so just, just to, so people listening are like, Oh, Brinson, what's he talking about? So we spent like when we were in Vegas for the odd chart trip, Paolo looks like he's chiseled out of granite, the guy, and he's a really nice guy and we had a great time. Like, oh, we went out and boozed and stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. But the guy's, guys, as Will said, is a good-looking guy. No problem saying that. Comfortable enough to say that. And basically, is like, is like the the face of ESPN Brazil. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, yes, that guy needs more good things to happen in his life. Right, right. right. That guy needs to finish it. He was the second best-looking guy there to me that week. But that's okay. Behind two, Pete. Me. I yeah, you and Paolo are basically confidence. cut from the same mold. <laughs> yes, Paolo, Paolo I, six two, chiseled out of stone, Brazilian. If I didn't, Pete. if I didn't already know you, I would assume you guys were brothers in the same yes, way that the Arnold. Same way that, oh, <laughs> short and Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twins, By the way, if um, yeah, anyway, you guys, you guys can listen to the podcast if you want to hear what we were saying about you. Something. something. All right, so I like the Bears. You two like the the Lions, then, yep. right? Um, and our, uh, by the way, the kiss of death parlay almost hit last week, but the Browns are terrible. The Giants are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Pete, the Giants getting 10 and a half points. Actually, they were getting 12 to start. It's come down to 10 and a half. That is a red flag, right? Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid off a bye. How is he, dare he's you? stealing our gimmick. Do not steal our gimmick. We're about is to he, do that, Pete. And, you and know what? He, he said it like a robot. You have to sing it. You know why? Because I'm going the other way. I'm taking big blue plus the points. I think that this is the biggest overlay in the history of the league this year. In the history of the league, maybe this year for sure. There's no way the Chiefs should be laying, there's no way the Chiefs should be laying 10 and a half points on the road with that defense. It isn't good enough. They're struggling on offense. Let's not forget they've lost three of their last four games. Give me blue and the points. And not only do I like them, I love big blue. Um, Ready, Will? Yeah. In one, Three, 
two, or three, two, one. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, off the bye. Off the bye. Andy Reid, off the bye. Off the bye. Well, why, why, well, hold on. Why are you doing that long pause? It's Andy Reid, off the bye. That's Andy Reid, off the bye. Now I'm nervous that we messed that up. Um, you, well, you messed it up. I didn't mess it up. You know up. what I did? I put too much pressure on you two. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't, Pete, you couldn't Pete perform. Got was, right. Look, well you wilted. You wilted. It was well played, Pete. I will say that the number is a, a – here's the problem. I'm auto-playing the Chiefs, right? Like, we're taking the Chiefs because it's Andy Reid off the bye. I, I mean, we have to. It's our stick, Andy Reid off the bye. I mean, I I, I kind of want to take the Giants, but Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. Off the bye. And, by the way, the Giants stink. The Giants just lost to the 49ers, Pete. Let's not sleep on the fact that they quit on their team. They're terrible. I think it's a good spot to grab the 10.5. You would clearly like it to be like 6 or something like that if you were taking the Chiefs. Vegas isn't going to give that to you. This is implying that the, that the, that the Chiefs would be 16.5-point favorites. I mean, we have to blindly take the Chiefs, right, Nick? It wouldn't shock um, me if the Giants won the game outright, guys, by the um, way. That would shock me because the Giants are awful. Um I would – I actually, like, if Andy Reid were not coming off the bye, I would take the Giants here, but we kind of have to stay consistent and live the gimmick, Will. So although I want to take the Giants, Andy Reid's off the bye, so I will lay it with the Kansas City Chiefs. And because, Will, it is our shtick, I love the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. <laughs> I love it. That's incredible. Good, we're on I the other not... side on Sunday. That'll be great. I love it. I well, am not – um, I'm not loving the Chiefs, team. I don't think. I might, I'm probably making my picks on the fly here. I don't care in terms of the super contest, but um, I do. Lo- I do like. To, I will be taking the Chiefs because look, the Giants stink. They're the worst team in football, or at least one of the three worst teams in football. They don't care. They gave up. The Giants. They're not firing McAdoo, so they got to grind their way through the season with this coach who they know is getting fired. That's even a worse spot. I, maybe they get up and play well against the Chiefs. Could see the could see Orleans Darkwell having a decent game, but I think the Chiefs win this one handily against the Giants defense that has defense. The Chiefs they're not very good. Yeah, the Giants have packed it in. Giants have tons of offensive weapons. Next up, Dolphins, the Hurricane Irma game. This is supposed to be a Week One matchup. These teams were supposed to be on a bye, and now they are headed for their tenth straight game of the year. That's always fun. The Dolphineer, the Dolphineers, (laughs) the Dolphins are hosting the Buccaneers, and it's a pickup. I'm surprised. I thought it was good. I thought it was like Dolphins minus two. It's moving towards the Buccaneers. It's a Jay Cutler, Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. Pete, who you like? I think these both these teams have major problems, but there's a big difference. What? Really? But the big difference is the Dolphins still think their coach is very good. I'm not so sure the Bucks do. Your boy, and I've known Cutter. Cutter a long time, but I think I think those players have kind of like to me. I don't know if they've given up, but I think that the, 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 they see the writing on the wall. Where Miami, they're still fighting. Plus, they're at home. They're still in the playoff race. I, I think Miami will win the game, and I think they cover the number. Miami still fighting? Like the Panthers are still running, running all over them. On like from from what we saw on Monday. Look night. at the I mean, look at the standings, and look at the way they can still get. In the, in I don't the need post-season. to look at the standings. Look at point differential. They've been outscored by almost a hundred points this year. They're awful. Um, and I'm yet they're still this- much, 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 very much alive in the playoff race. So. I'm going to take – yeah, whatever whatever that means. I'm going to take the team that has the better quarterback in this game, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huge game for Mike Evans. Going to fire him up. And Wait, he's better than Jay Cutler? Are you stupid? I think Fitzpatrick's – I would rather have Fitzpatrick than Jay Cutler for You're this game. On. For this game. Give me the Buccaneers to win. Miami's awful, awful. Tampa wins outright. Tampa's t- – I'm, I'm with – I might love the Dolphins here. Short week, that's a concern, I guess. But I don't know if that really matters all that much. 
Miami got beat like a drum. They got to respond somehow. And there's no better way to maybe get an offense going and score 30 points than playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are trash. And I'm going to be taking the Miami Dolphins. Might love them. I did look just, both, both these teams stink. But Pete's right. The Dolphins are one game out of the playoffs. If the Bills that lose doesn't the Chargers, mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Like, if, like they're awful. It, it it means a lot. If you, if you're like, man, this is a terrible season, and we still made the playoffs. What if we give Adam Gase some good players? Like that's a big boost. They made the playoffs last year. They still have a shot this year because the AFC is garbage. The Buccaneers are in danger of everybody getting fired, and they feel like the team that might have quit. And the Dolphins' defense is actually. Fairly decent. They can get after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, will fair, take the fair, Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, fairly decent. Fairly decent. The Panthers just freaking pasted them on Monday night. They're awful, guys. Do you realize that the Dolphins' point differential is minus 87? Minus 87. So just for context, the Browns are minus 97, so only 10 points worse than the uh, than the Miami Dolphins. And the Bucks are minus 35, so 50 points worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, and by the way, they're only one game ahead of Tampa in the standings. Take the, the Bucks, Dolphins are. The Dolphins are... Terror. I'm not saying the Dolphins are definitely going to lose, but let's not make this team out like, oh, they're a playoff. Oh, no, nobody's they're making them out to be anything more than what they are. We're just making the pick of the game, the period. Yeah. Buccaneers 0-4 on the road so far this year. Just throwing that out there. 0-4 on the road. I would also like to apologize for another terrible pick from last week. And this, this again, goes back to what we're talking about. And like, I, like I'm, just telling, I'm just trying to tell myself over and over, there is no way in hell – that the New York Jets should be favored on the road. And yet, I still took the Jets minus two and a half at Tampa. Why? I don't know why. It was stupid. I'm sorry about the pick. It was bad. Um, Buccaneers should not be favored, and they're a pick They're essentially favored here. I will take the Buccaneers. Another team that is favored on the road. I you like the Dolphins. I mean, I take the Dolphins. Yeah, you know what I'm okay. saying. The, another team is favored on the road. The Baltimore Ravens, minus two, going into Green Bay after an impressive showing against a decent defense by Brett Hundley. Pete, do you like Brett Hundley to have another decent game? He played much better last week, but still very limited. I think this Ravens defense coming off the bye will be ready for him. It's going to be a bigger challenge, and the line is smells. You know, you look at a line and you go, wait a second. Baltimore, who hasn't been very good on offense, is laying points on the road to Green Bay. It makes no sense to me. I don't love the game, but I think the Ravens' defense will show up here. I like the Ravens in this game. Uh, I think this might be the toughest game to pick this week. Um, I was actually yeah. impressed with Brett Hundley, what I saw from Brett Hundley last week. I mean, the throw to Devontae Adams on the final drive of the game to put the game away was really nice. I mean, that was a great throw, and it looks like he's developed some rapport with Devontae Adams. And the Packers' as home underdogs and the spot is pretty intriguing. But I liked what I saw from Flacco heading into the Ravens bye week. He looked fully healthy. I'm going to begrudgingly, I guess I'm going to take the points with Green Bay, but I don't really like it. I far from love it, and uh, I will stay away from this one as far as betting is concerned. I think this is the toughest game to pick this week. I somehow don't have picks up on the expert pick page, even though I like put up an entire um, like story about my picks. That's very odd. Did you send your picks in? I I don't think I, I don't think I got them. I don't think I got a, uh, a, they a sent request it out on for... Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah. I don't think I saw it. That's weird. Um, I mean, I guess I'll send it in now. I wrote my picks on Tuesday night. They're up live. Uh, you can check them out. Will Brinson's picks. If you just get a vanity URL, they, they created it. They got rid of Prisco's picks and created Brinson's picks. No, they didn't. Um, it's right yeah, up there. Of course. I know. I'm just kidding. It's called seniority. It's called, it's called, uh, it's seniority. Called being old. Been here a long time. 17, you have been year, long time. 17 I mean, years this month, by the way. 
Is it really? Yeah. How many years have you covered the NFL? Um, old. How old are you? Thirty-six. Not quite that long, but close. How old are you, Nick? Aren't you thirty-four? Yeah. Yeah, Nick. No. Mm. Almost though. Cool. Well, Pete, we should have a big party for you at some point. Uh, I'll take the Packers. Give me the points at home. I, I, I agree. It's, this is probably the hardest game to pick on the road. I think Jamal Williams might get loose in this game. I think I think Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams breakout game. You like the game. Packers. You like, like the, the Packers. Packers. Okay. Next up, the Vikings. Am I reading this right? No, no, no. The Vikings at home are minus two against the Rams. This is the game of the week. This is the best game on the schedule. That's what I said. I I wrote that the other day in the power rank. I said, who the heck saw this being the game of the week in in week 11? I mean, it's ridiculous. But, hey, kudos to both coaches. But more than that, you got to give credit to to the front office who made some moves. I mean, you look at what particularly what the Rams did. They went out and got Whitworth and Sullivan. That offensive line is good now. Okay? And And they went out and got Robert Woods, and all of a sudden he's putting up pretty good numbers in their offense so to me yeah we like to give McVay credit and he's done a hell of a job but I think they've done a great job of rebuilding that team but I think this is a tough spot for the Rams you're going to play a really real and it's the number one ranked offense but they're going to play a really good defense at their place and to me that's going to be problematic I I think this is a situation where Case Keenum's going to make enough plays against the Rams defense which is playing better by the way Uh, I think it'll make enough plays for the Vikings to win the game and in fact I like I love the Minnesota Vikings in this spot. Uh, I'm going to go the other way here, and I'm going to keep going against Minnesota, I think, until what I think is going to happen happens, and that's Case Keenum, the midnight midnight striking on the clock, and Case Keenum turning into a pumpkin because that's going to happen. And, look, Case Keenum was terrific mostly last week, four touchdown passes to four different receivers, but also made a couple of really boneheaded decisions, and that is the Case Keenum experience. And sooner or later, Case Keenum's going to throw a ton of bad picks because that's what Case Keenum does, and my bet is it happens this Sunday against my Los Angeles Rams. The Rams go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. And I think, guys, I'm not 100% sure. We'll find out at the end of the podcast, but I think I love... My Los Angeles Rams. So some random guy named Ishan Junis just added me as a um, Skype contact, and he's calling me <laughs> in the middle of this podcast. What are you doing, buddy? Are you a podcast listener? You trying to get into the podcast? Not going to happen, pal. Um, here's the thing. The Rams have looked fantastic all year long. You look at their two losses. They took that L at home to the Redskins early in the season. That's when we're like, oh, this team might, might not be that 46-9 to winner that we saw in week one. They've been banging up some bad teams. They got two really good road wins. At Jacksonville, they won by 10. And at Dallas, they won by five. They've slaughtered some terrible teams. 51-17 to against the Giants. 33-7 to against the Texans. 33 nothing against the Cardinals. They got in that shootout with the 49ers. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings are a bad team. And I don't think their offense is bad. You might be right. There might be a Case Keenum regression coming, but there could be a little Jared Goff regression coming too. And you look no. at the way that – no? No. 
he hadn't been perfect in the red zone. This is not an excellent red zone team. I don't think they're going to be able to establish a run against Minnesota's front seven. I don't think he's going to be able to go up top and find as many open spaces against Mike Zimmer's defense in that secondary. And I like the Minnesota Vikings to, uh, to hold, to hold serve here and maybe tap the brakes a little bit on a Rams team that has a very, very tough schedule coming up at Minnesota, New Orleans at home, at Arizona, Philly at home, at Seattle, at Tennessee, and then San Francisco to close. The Rams could the Rams could steamroll through some of those teams, but Philly, New Orleans, and Minnesota in the span of four weeks is really really tough. And uh, I think we find out a lot about them here, and I think we find out they might not be quite as good as we think. So that's what I got for that game. I was hoping you would you know give me some kind of rebuttal on your precious Rams, Nick, but I guess not. Texans hosting the Cardinals. This game now down to a pick 'em. It opened as the Texans as dogs for some reason. They made Drew Stanton slash Blaine Gabbert a favorite. Um, on the road. What a world 2017 that we live in, Pete. Well, I mean, you look at the Texans, they're awful on offense and they're pathetic on defense. <laughs> it's not very good team. That's a bad combination. And the Blaine train, you can't slow the Blaine train. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You just can't. I, that, you know Eric. what? When I was there in the summer in Arizona, I was talking to a lot of people and there were a significant number of people in that organization who thought Blaine Gabbert was significantly better than Drew Stanton, but Bruce Arians had some loyalty to, to Drew Stanton for some reason. So I, I think Blaine Gabbert, this is an opportunity for him. He's mobile. He can move around. He'll be able to throw the ball down the field off of, off of, uh, on the outside of the pocket, which I think they haven't been able to do. I like the Cardinals. I don't love them, but I think the Texans are atrocious and I think they're packing their bags for next season. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's entirely impossible. This is my, my favorite thing is when like a quarterback who was like picked in the first round, really stinks and he keeps getting opportunities and every time he gets another opportunity people are like well this could be the time that he turns it around or you trust your eyes and you you know what you've seen for the past five six seven years and you know that Blaine Gabbard absolutely stinks you're gonna take Blaine Gabbard on the road as a pickup are you insane I know that Tom Savage stinks I'm not saying he's good but but I'm taking the home underdog in this spot Blake go ahead you put your money and you make a pick of Blaine Gabbard on the road if you'd like to I am not gonna do that I will take the Houston Texans Nick, I might take you at quarterback against the Texans' defense the way they're playing. Um, you would not want to do that. I, that would be very bad. I will take the Texans as well. I think they're just look, the Cardinals. Both these teams stink. Give me the team that's at home. But well, isn't um, one of them a Super Bowl pick though? So are the Packers. Get out. Get out of here with that clown show. <laughs> Next up, Browns hosting the Jaguars. Speaking of Super Bowl teams, the Jaguars minus seven and a half at Cleveland. What do you think, Pete? I think Jacksonville's defense is so dominant that they're gonna, it's gonna override the fact that this is a perfect case for a young team to have a letdown. I mean, this is a, a perfect case where this team starts thinking they're really good. They go there and they go through the motions and the weather's supposed to be crappy. It might be snowing and they would have, but they're so dominant on defense and that offense of the, of the Browns is terrible. I can't see them keep, you know, keeping that pass rush off of them. I think it's gonna be a problem for Deshaun Kaiser. You can turn the ball over a couple different times. They don't have any weapons that scare you down the field. Give me Jacksonville in this game. I don't love the game, but because I do think there's a possible letdown here, but I, I think they, their defense is so good they cover the number. Um, I, I, this is a tough game for me to pick. I kind of want to take the Jaguars for the reason that you mentioned, Pete, uh, just their defense and not having a lot of faith in the Browns' offense. But I thought Kaiser and the was actually not terrible last week coming off the bye against the Lions. 
I think the Browns are going to keep this somewhat close. I think the Jaguars are going to win. If it were six and a half, I would probably take Jacksonville. But since you're getting the hook at seven and a half, I will begrudgingly take the points with Cleveland. Don't feel good about it. Not a best bet, but I will take the points. The the Browns haven't won in like 225, like 4,500 Sundays. They can't, they, they're not good. They can't cover. It's too much for the Jaguars on the road. And yet I can't stay away from Jacksonville. I just can't take Cleveland. I think this is this I think this is the this is actually the game that Cleveland might win this season. Somehow. I don't know. Somehow, some way. Deshaun Gibson's gonna inspire him. Um I'm because I'm the Jag- you know why? Because you sit there and you expect, oh, the Jaguars are gonna be the Jaguars, right? That's what you're expecting. So right, yeah. Right, I but get I mean, it. right, right. But but like if the Vikings RJ White, our our editor, made this point, he's like, look, take the Jaguars name out of it and, and make him the Vikings. If the Vikings were minus seven and a half at Cleveland, who are you taking? Probably the Vikings. Right. I'm going to pretend the Jaguars are the Vikings. I'm taking the Jaguars minus seven and a half. Again, don't feel good about it. Heart, you know, head says, you know, I don't know. Redskins heading to New Orleans. By the way, Will, the best quote of the week was when they asked Blake Bortles if he had any advice for Deshaun Kaiser, and he said, yeah. throw it to players on your own team. That's what I mean. That's one of the best lines of all time. I might have to look that up and write that up. Uh, Saints hosting the Redskins. Saints minus seven and a half. Saints look dominant against the Bills. Redskins struggled against the Vikings. Who you got, Pete? I I spent a couple of days watching the Saints the last two days, and I'm telling you what, I, I I'm going to give Nick Costas all the credit in the world, like I always do on this podcast for picking them because that team is really good. Now they don't rush the passer very well. That's you know Cam Jordan's a good pass rusher. The rest of that guys Okafor is okay. That could catch up with them, but I don't think it catches up with them here. I think they're playing so well on the back end that they're they're. You know, there were nobody, there was nobody open last week for the Bills. Uh, you know, that led to Tyrod Taylor getting benched, but I think this is going to be a problem for Cousins. It is their first real test in terms of, uh, an upper half of the league quarterback, I think. They had Stafford, but that was a different, you know, that game was weird. They beat some bad quarterbacks, but I still think the Saints team, their offensive line, by the way, might be top three or four in the league, maybe top two or one even by the end of the season. That's how good they're playing on the offensive line. Give me the Saints minus the points in this spot. Uh, I'm also going to take the Saints minus the points, and this goes with what I was saying at the beginning. This is normally a spot where you just take the Redskins plus the seven and a half. They lose Correct. by seven. You cover the spread, but I can't do it. The Trent Williams injury really scares me, and Jay Gruden said he's week to week. They're starting left tackle, and I think Cam Jordan and the Saints defense going to be able to get some pressure on, on Kirk Cousins, and the Saints offense just looking juggernaut-like at the moment. I think this pick might come back to bite me, and I acknowledge that, like I said, normally this is a spot to take the Redskins, and I feel pretty good about it, but this – this league has been so upside down this year that I think I just might love the New Orleans Saints laying the seven and a half. Hard not to like them. They are running the ball effectively. I think the Redskins are a better team than the Buffalo Bills. and I don't think that's a even a remote stretch. And I think you're right, Pete. They haven't seen a lot of good quarterbacks. I like the Redskins to have a nice day here and to keep things close. Maybe not win outright, but I don't think it's a stomping. And so I will take... The Washington Redskins. By the way, getting, I'm going to say it right. I'm going to I'm going to amend what I said earlier. They are the best offensive line in the NFL right now. The Saints, the best. They the Saints mauled, are the best offensive line the in the NFL right now. Unger, yeah. Orford, Pete, Armstead, and Ryan Ramchek, the rookies playing great. They're the best yep. offensive line in the league right now. I think that's a good call. Uh, Bills at the Chargers. Chargers minus five and a half. Now that the Bills switched to Nathan Peterson, Nate Peterman, whatever they are, NFL editor. Catalog. Yeah, who you got, Pete? Peterman catalog. I loved, loved, loved the Chargers even before the decision to change quarterback, and now I love them even more. I mean, it's going to be tough for a kid to make his first 
NFL start on the road. And granted, it's going to be a minimal crowd there, probably be as many Bills fans as, as Chargers fans there. But I just think that pass rush will get after him. Uh, you know, look, he came in at garbage time, and I, I did watch him. He made some nice decisions and some nice throws, but it's garbage time, different animal. This is going to be a tough test for him. I love the Los Angeles Chargers in this spot. See, I don't think you can love the Chargers yet because we don't know if Philip Rivers is going to play or not. As we tape this, it on looks Thursday, like he's going to play. Though it looks, it like sounds like he's going to play. But he's still in the concussion protocol. Look, all right. If Rivers plays, I like the Chargers, but I, we can't make that pick now. I mean, like, as of right, like I know, like he's trending towards he's going to play. He's still in the concussion protocol. We don't know that for sure. And then it's Kellen Clemens against Nathan Peterman. Um, I'll I'll begrudgingly take the Chargers, but I mean, I can't pick this game right now. And even if Rivers plays, it's just not a contest play for me. Um, and it's probably it's on CBS, so it'll be a great game. But yeah, Peterman. I might love the Chargers too. If, if Rivers plays, I love the Chargers because well, Super Bowl talking- team. Well, look. They're, how are the how's you stack the box? Stop McCoy. Put the pass rush on on Nate, Jay Peterman. Good luck. Complete. I, I just can't see how they score, and I think the Chargers could romp in this one. The Chargers rarely romp anybody, but I could see that happening. I I might love the Chargers as well, Pete. Bengals at the Broncos. Broncos minus two and a half. Third straight road game for a Bengals team that isn't going anywhere against the Broncos defense that is filled with guys who have a little bit of pride, I think. I know some of those guys, I think they'll bounce back in this spot. I do, I just don't think the Broncos are good enough on offense, but even so, I, I, Osweiler wasn't atrocious last week, okay? And to me, the Bengals, you heard Marvin Lewis call out John Ross this week for jogging, Nick's man, John Ross for jogging on a route. Uh, I think this thing is starting to come apart in Cincinnati. So give me Denver minus the points. Um, Brock Osweiler was not terrible last week. How about when he almost killed a guy on the sideline with uh with a, with an awful throw out yeah, of but bounds? Yeah, look back um, at the game. It wasn't. He was not terrible. Um, yeah, he stinks. Um, the Broncos stink. stink. And, and Pete, do you remember two weeks ago? I basically gave the same rationale that you just gave for why I picked the Broncos to cover in Philly because the defense has a ton of pride, right? 51 points on the road in Philly, 41 at home against the New England Patriots. I know the Bengals aren't the offense that those two teams are. Uh, not but close. There's, there's no way. The Broncos look like they've quit on Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph most certainly not having the time of his life. And I guarantee John Ross will. No, I'm not going to guarantee John Ross will score, but I'm going to take the Bengals plus the two and a half. I will also do the Bengals plus two and a half. I the. Three straight road games is a concern, but the, the Broncos are terrible and have quit and have given up on the season. Give me the Bengals to pull an upset here um, because, you know what? Again, the Broncos stink. Next up, the Raiders in Mexico City against the Patriots. Patriots catching. Patriots minus six and a half. Hmm. It, it seems I, I didn't play this game in the contest, and I'm kind of mad I didn't because I think the I think the Patriots will name the number. I think that Raiders defense is awful. It is bad. It doesn't get any better. Ken Norton's got to be, uh, I mean, he's got to be on his way out after the season. They haven't improved at all. They have Khalil Mack and they still stink. To me, this is a major problem for them. And you know what? Belichick, they spent the week in Colorado Springs to get used to the, get a better use to the altitude. They will be ready. They will match him up in bad situations, just like they match the Denver defense in bad situations. I think the Patriots blow them out. This is another spot where normally in any other year, I auto pick the Oakland Raiders because I'm looking at the, uh, the splits right now over 85% of, 
of bets are on the New England Patriots in this spot. And when that happens, you normally run the other way. But I don't care. Best bet of the week, maybe best bet of the entire season. The Raiders are are of Bill Belichick against Todd Downing. Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick against Ken Norton and Jack Del Rio. Are you kidding me? It's a first-round knockout from a coaching perspective. The Raiders are going to have to score 40 points to cover this spread because the Patriots are going to go up and down the field and score at will. And this ain't a true home game for the Raiders. It's in frickin' Mexico City. And even if they were playing in Oakland, the team's leaving in a couple of years. So it, that's not even a home field advantage. Best bet of the entire season. The Patriots are going to kill the Raiders. I love the New England Patriots. Pride and poise, commitment to excellence, just win, baby, throw it in the trash. Patriots win, Patriots cover. I also love the Patriots, which means that the Raiders are our first kiss of death option on here. You should hammer the Raiders plus six and a half. If you give it a seven, even better. I I can't. The the Patriots are a better team. They're playing well. The defense is starting to come around. They are going to lob up points in the thin air of Mexico City. Remember, the Raiders didn't even play that well last year when they were a much better team against the Texans. Give me the Patriots. Love the Patriots in this spot. Two more games. Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Tyron Smith, a big factor here, but the Cowboys are catching three and a half points from the Eagles at home. No Zeke Elliott. Maybe no Tyron Smith. Maybe no Sean Lee. Tough to take the Cowboys, Pete. Yeah, I mean, if they don't have Tyron Smith, the, the left side of the line is a spinning top. I mean, you got Byron Bell or Chaz Green, and Chaz Green gave up four sacks, and Byron Bell gave up two in his short stint. So it's going to be a problem. I think they'll be better prepared to help them in terms of pass protection. They weren't prepared last week to help them as much. I think this time around they'll be better prepared and help them. You better help them because Graham can rush the passer. Curry can rush the passer. Chris Long can rush the I mean, they got guys who can rush the Derek passer. Derek Barnett can edge. rush the passer. Who's that? Derek Barnett, too. Derek Barnett can rush the passer. So, for me, that's going to be a problem for the Cowboys. I think the Eagles lock up the division, go in there, and win the game. Um, I will begrudgingly, at this point on Thursday, take the Cowboys to cover, but Philly to win. Um, but I will say this, and we talked about this before the podcast, the three of us did. If Tyron Smith is ruled out on Friday when the injury report comes out, I am not taking the Cowboys, and I am switching my pick. That's how important Tyron Smith is, and we saw that last week. The human turnstile, Chaz Green, um, getting beat for six sacks by Adrian Claiborne. So for right now— Oh, he gave up four. Bell gave up two. Well, whatever. They all suck. And I am am taking the Cowboys if Tyron Smith plays. I am not taking the Cowboys if Tyron Smith does not play. I don't care who plays. Eagles are going to thrash this Cowboys team that is down on its luck on the road. You're going to see, we need, NBC needs to fire up a Jerry cam and we just watch steam pouring out of Jerry's ears at every time the Eagles score. I like the Eagles coming off the bye. Doug Peterson off the bye. Doug, no, it doesn't have the same ring. Okay. No, um, I still like the Eagles. That line is up to minus four now. So you're getting a little bit of value. If you grabbed it at three, good for you. Give me the Eagles as a, yeah, screw it. I don't need to tell you. It's a best bet. I love the Eagles this week. I'm taking teams I trust. And finally, the Seahawks hosting Pete Prisco's Falcons. Seahawks, minus two and a half here. Hmm. They're not my Falcons, and I wouldn't normally take them in this spot. With no Richard Sherman, I think that changes the whole dynamic of the defense. Uh, I mean, and Cam Chancellor's battling through stingers. You don't know what his status is. I mean, this this is a situation where the fact that they don't have Sherman will show up in a big way. You get away with it against the bad team. You get away with it against not having Julio Jones. But remember, this is the chance. Last year, they went in there, 
and they were getting beat pretty bad, this, the Falcons. And in the fourth quarter, they figured out some stuff on how to attack them. They, and there was a late pull down by Sherman on Jones that wasn't called. They could have won the game. Bottom line is, I think Atlanta got found something last week, and I think they carries over here. I like the Falcons to not only cover the number, but they win the game in Seattle. Oh, see, I, 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 I kind of like the pick, Pete. This is a really tough one to call. Worth noting, Mr. Monday Night rides again with the Panthers this past week. I feel like I'm about to get on a roll. Um, I don't really like this game that much, but if you make me pick, I'll lay it with the Seahawks at home because I feel like, Pete, the rationale that you just gave, I feel like is what most people think, that no Richard Sherman, Falcons just won the game, that you want to take Atlanta. I think that Seattle is going to find a way at home to win even without Richard Sherman, so I will take the Seahawks on Monday night. I will take the Falcons because that Legion of Boom is no mas. Just didn't exist in Seattle this year because everybody's hurt. And Pete's right. The Falcons are starting to find some gro- a little groove on offense. And th- a little bit of a desperation game for both teams. But I think Atlanta maybe even more so uh, because, I you know, the Panthers are on a bye. If the Saints beat the Redskins, it's, they've, they're really looking up. And you, if Minnesota can beat the Rams, all of a sudden Seattle's got some new life. I, I By like the way, I like... if, if Seattle had Cliff Averill still, you might be able to compensate better for the loss of Sherman. But I think the combination of the two really is damning to that team. It really is. And, and look, Russell Wilson can do some magical things on offense, and, and he'll be forced to because this, this defense might not be nearly as good as it's been in, in recent years. All right, that's the podcast. Let's get our best bets. Who you got, Pete? I like the Steelers on Thursday, so you got that one. That was one of my best bets. I put that in early. Uh, I like the Giants plus the points. Uh, I like the Vikings minus the points. I like the Chargers minus the points. And I like the Atlanta Falcons on the road against Seattle. And I'm going 0-5. Um, I, I, should I take the Titans tonight? Sure, Do I it. might take the Steelers Do it. tonight. Do it. I'm, I'm Do considering it. it. I'm, I don't know if I will or not. But for you better right now, get it I, in if you got to, because you only got till what, like lunchtime, West Coast time to get it in. So you better get it I in. I think I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs because Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. I think I'm going to roll with JLC and his satanic pick of the week, the Lions. Give me the LA Rams plus the two in Minnesota. The Patriots minus six and a half, the lock of the millennium, and then probably either the Saints minus the seven and a half or the Cowboys plus three and a half. But that depends on Tyron Smith, and I will tweet that out tomorrow and finalize my five picks. So I've got six take right the there. Titans. I want you to take the Titans tonight. I, really I might do. take the Titans. I will tweet it if I do. I, I need to figure out if that's what I'm going to do or not. But I do like the Titans plus the seven on Thursday night football. I'm getting off the Dolphins, and I'm getting on the Steelers. I like the Steelers tonight. I'm going to get my picks in on Thursday as well. Sorry, Pete. Pittsburgh. Uh, that's got doomed Satan- now. Yeah, you're screwed. I'm taking all your picks. Um, I got Detroit, the Satanic pick as well. I got the Chargers. I got the Patriots, and I got the Eagles. Just give me some, give me the good teams. You know what? Plus, the team against Nate Peterman. Um, that's who I got. This is the Pick 6 Pod at on Twitter, at Pick 6 Pod. At Going the to the museum. I'm heading to the museum. At Prisco CBS, heading to the museum. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you on Sunday night.